to get up, uh, up to speed on a couple of different things. So uh, uh, why was David Letterman talking about Quentin Tarantino and how he was once threatened by him? We'll play that a little bit later. We have all sorts of great stuff that is not being covered in the news because the news can only cover one, maybe two stories at once. The, the ongoing uh, it just, uh, you know, hmm. can I say Foster Cluck? Uh, in Iowa, in the debates and politics, politics, politics. But uh, where the rubber meets the road in your real life, we have some good stuff for you as well. Um, but the, have you followed the Kobe scandal in Good Morning America? Is it Good Morning America? I can never keep those, those CBS shows. early show. Yeah, I, I can never keep them straight. But uh, evidently, they ran a promo. Uh, that's uh, industry speak for a little commercial for yourself. Trying to pump up viewership for a Kobe retrospective thingy. Do we have that tape, Andy? There, Sean. So this is Gail King interviewing former WNBA star Lisa Leslie. All righty. I just don't believe that things didn't happen with force. Is it even a fair question to talk about it, considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful. Um, at this time, it, it's like if you had questions about it, you've had many years to ask him that. I don't think it's something that we should keep hanging over his legacy. I mean, he went to, it went to trial. Yeah, but the case, is, it was dismissed because the victim in the case refused to testify. So it was dismissed. Okay, so who's mad about what? I heard Gail King was mad. I heard Snoop was mad. I heard Bill Cosby was mad. Lots of mad people about that. Who's mad why? That's well, what I'm confused about. Uh, they thought it was inappropriate to be uh, talking about the whole rape thing. They agreed with Lisa Leslie, who confused me at first. I thought she was taking the other point of view that this should, we shouldn't be discussing this. The man just passed. But well, why was Gail King mad? Uh, well, do, we have both okay. Snoop Dogg and Gail King. Who do you want to hear? Well, well how want? about uh, Snoopy Dogg okay. first? Gail King, way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? I swear to God, we're the worst. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why are y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after Harvey Weinstein asking them questions. I get sick of y'all. I want to call you one. Funky dog head. How dare you try to tarnish my mother homeboy's reputation. Respect the family and back off before we come get you. Ooh, funky dog oh. head. Well, that part was mystifying, but the, the last part was clear enough. And then they did they bleep a... Generally, uh, when Snoop Dogg says he's coming to get you, he does, back in the day. Yeah. Yikes. Funky dog head. What? Can you we get a... You out of pocket. Aren't you friends with Oprah? <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> dog, dog head? Is that what... Am I missing? What, what, what was that? I think that's just a you're not particularly attractive. Is really? that what that is? That's unkind. You funky dog head. And then did he... He wasn't trying to be kind. Did he... <laughs> That was the opposite of what he was trying to do. Oh, I did, see. Did he drop a C-bomb then? Is that what you bleeped? No, I think it was a bitch. Oh, well, I just okay. said it. Why did I? Well, that's, I, that's well, done. well done. Interesting way to handle that. Uh, all right, so uh, Gail <laughs> King. You know what? I want to hear that again. Gail okay. King, way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? I swear to God, we the worst. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why are y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after Harvey Weinstein asking them questions. I get sick of y'all. Where where did he say this or post this or whatever? It died. Yeah, funky dog head. What funky dog head cut that off? Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
I do want to hear from Gail King because I don't get what. Why is she upset about this? Uh, well, I'll let her say. All right. If this works, I know that if I had only seen the clip that you saw, I'd be extremely angry with me too. I am mortified. I'm embarrassed, and I am very angry. Unbeknownst to me, my network put up a clip from a very wide-ranging interview, totally taken out of context, and when you see it that way, it's very jarring. It's jarring to me. So for the network to take the most salacious part when taken out of context and put it up online for people who didn't see the whole interview is very upsetting to me, and that's something I'm going to have to deal with with them. Now, please don't shoot me, Snoop. Good girl. Who's a good anchor? Uh, your funky Shake. dog head. Shake. Uh, so, yeah, so what happened is she did a long interview mm-hmm. and then put it in in a way that wouldn't be as shocking. Probably felt like I can't leave this out of the interview if I'm going to do a long interview about Kobe. Right, right. But in- the network decided to just take that part about it like it was just drilling down on the rape accusation, uh, being accused. Right. Do we I have? Get it. I get we- it. We're in the business. We know how that works. Oh, yeah, yeah. So do we have the uh, the the whole? I just I'm more interested in 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 translating what Snoop was and saying. Do who we have was, that? Who was Bill Cosby mad at? I saw oh, Bill right. Cosby was yeah, also mad Cosby. at Gail King for the same reason. He, he doesn't like. I don't know if he dropped I didn't any. See that one. I don't he, know if he, he dropped any FDHs or anything like that. But he, he doesn't appreciate people talking about rapists in general. Oh, wow! Wow! <laughs> All right. Do we have? Will that clip work? Do you, do you think? Probably, I think so. Let's try. Gail King, way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? I swear to God, we the worst. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why are y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after Harvey Weinstein asking them questions. I get sick of y'all. I want to call you one. Funky dog head. How dare you try to tarnish my mother homeboy's reputation. Respect the family and back off before we come get you. Oof. FDH. Um... That's a little chilling there at the end. Yeah, hey, uh, it's, it's, Snoopy, it's a, you probably ought to put out a statement. As a former for reals gangbanger, yeah, that's uh, yeah, too um, much. Uh, what does he mean by uh, coming after our people, black people? But he doesn't consider Gail part of that, or well, that's he's what saying, he's saying. Why are he's saying why are you doing that? Well, and and by the way, Snoop, everybody's after Harvey Weinstein. I mean, everybody. Except his attorneys, and they, they, in secret, they're probably hoping he gets convicted. Except NBC until they were forced to. Well, okay, granted, granted. On the other hand, I, I find the whole you can't be critical of a black man if he is, uh, you know, guilty of terrible things, a, a ludicrous attitude, and not not helpful to anybody, including uh, our beloved African American listeners. Um, on the other hand, he was pissed off because his friend had died, and it seemed like people were dragging him through the court, and through his- the, uh, you know. Through the press. With his mind on his Gail King and his Gail King on his mind. That's where, Very where nice, he was. Very nice, Jack. That's where he was. <sighs> I suppose you thought that was clever, you funky doghead. <laughs> don't you hang out with Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. So, a couple of stories uh, from the world of commerce. Uh, very, very different from each other, but Tesla. I'll just tell you this story. And I'm a big Tesla fan. I'm a big Elon Musk fan. I would like to buy a Tesla, but I am a thrifty Midwestern boy. Nikolai or the car? <laughs> but I am a thrifty Midwestern boy, and my current car is fine. And so I'm not going to get rid of it. Um, here's a story. 
Guy sells his car, his Tesla, to, like, uh, he trades it in. Tesla holds an auction of used Teslas, and a a dealer buys it, third-party dealer. It's it's a wholesale thing. Sure. happens all the time in the car business. Guy comes along. He buys said Tesla, which included... Um, like the autopilot stuff and um, four-wheel drive, or I'm sorry, it's that's a bad example. Pac, car park, and what's it called? Smart, smart <laughs> park. It's got smart park. It um, <laughs> so it's got a bunch of cool, groovy uh, Tesla extras on it. Yeah, that's the one I want. Uh, the dealer uh, listed the Model S, advertising both enhanced autopilot and full self-driving mode. He's got smart park and smart park. <laughs> However, unbeknownst to the dealer, Tesla had independently conducted a software audit of the car after selling it and disabled those features, saying, well, here's this is somewhat chilling language. Tesla's did, he, did he pocket at the Hobbit? <laughs> yeah, at the Hobbit. <laughs> He's got smart pack. Hobbit Yard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tesla, here's what they say. Tesla's recently identified instances of customers being incorrectly configured for autopilot versions they did not pay for. Oh. Since there was an audit done to correct these in- since there was an audit done to correct these instances, long and short of it is you you pay for the software upgrade, mm-hmm. but if you sell the hardware, you don't own the software upgrade. Well, the next guy doesn't. Oh, really? You got to pay for it. Well, that's something you ought to know. Well, yeah. You're going to buy a used Tesla cuz I I've looked at them used. I buy everything used, but I didn't know that. Well, nobody did, including everybody involved in this chain of transactions. Hmm. They're saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? It's got it installed. But because I've heard Tesla's described as software that rolls. I mean, it's it's a car, obviously, but it's, you know, they, they update it over the air. If there's a recall, they zap it to you through your Wi-Fi, the rest of it. Your car improves, quote-unquote, improves after you buy it. They continue yeah. to update yeah. and improve certain functionalities Which and is user interfaces. Cool, yeah. But yeah, it's like $8,000 worth of upgrades that they've now canceled. And so everybody's suing and angry and, and looking to Tesla for a little uh, no, smart clarification. Pack. He's got smart so, Well, he did before Elon Musk snatched it away. Funky dog head. Right, yeah. funky South African dog head. I'm also is he South African? The, I can never remember. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Well, he's American. My God, we're a nation of immigrants. How much of your info gets downloaded into a new super smart car like that that's with it when it goes to the next buyer? All your contact information, and who knows what all's in that computer that got downloaded off your phone? And well, your you, have to, you have to deal with that, no doubt. I don't um, know if it's even possible to erase. Yeah, but I mean, can Elon Musk like uh, say, "No, you didn't pay for the uh, the uh, brakes subscription. So your car doesn't have any brakes anymore." Well, why can't I stop? We well, didn't ask for brakes. No, you didn't. The last guy paid for brakes. Brakes. You didn't pay for any brakes. You want brakes? It'll cost you three hundred fifty bucks. I got Bullshit. the ba- I got the basic brakes package. It'll let me start stop if there's a pet or a kid, but not just for regular stops. No, not other cars. Wow, smasho. <laughs> So, uh, buyer beware if you're looking to use Teslas. They need to nail that down and in a hurry. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Set me free. 
for Bernie in January, he raised $25 million. When he realized how rich he is, Bernie started running attack ads against himself. <laughs> Bernie raised an insane amount of money in January. He won Iowa by some measures. Pete claims he did by others. Uh, they have a debate tonight and another contest on Monday. The main thing you need to know in polling, what do you get out of Iowa? Tiny little state, you get momentum. Pete went up 12 points in the daily tracking poll that is considered the best poll in New Hampshire since Monday. Went up wow. 12 points and is now tied with Bernie, whereas Biden dropped seven to fourth place since Monday. Not his, a joke. With his disappointing show out of uh, Iowa. I don't know why it works that way. I mean, you, you can make all kinds of rational reasons why it shouldn't, but it always has. It just does. People think, oh, he's winning. I like him. Oh, he's losing. I thought I liked him, but I don't anymore. I can see in the case of little Pete that they're thinking, you know, he's really an appealing guy to me. I just, can I vote for a, a guy who's just been a one-term mayor of a small city? And and then he sees, then uh, that person sees him win in Iowa and thinks, yeah, well, yeah, Iowa said, yeah, I'm saying, yeah. It certainly looks like a Everybody Pete... prefers to hide in a crowd. Yeah, it certainly looks like a Pete-Bernie race in New Hampshire, and maybe just in general. And uh, a number of the money people think of Elizabeth Warren does poorly again. She was a distant third in Iowa. If she does a distant third or fourth in um, New Hampshire, she's probably done. So then do all her people go to Bernie, and then all of a sudden, you know, who knows? We'll see. I have a political fantasy. It's just crystallized in my head. Bernie wins the nomination. And loses so badly, so historically badly, as if George Washington were reincarnated and ran against O.J. Simpson. I mean, he loses so badly that the siren song... That'd be an odd choice for the Demo- Democrats, I guess. Or? Well, they can nominate who they want. Okay. Yeah, O.J.'s clearly but running as a Democrat. You want O.J. against George Washington. Well, yeah, but... Just, so I don't see the logic in that. Bernie would just get Juice. beat like a drum. And the and the siren song, the specter of socialism, would would slink back into the swamp from which it came uh, for at least a while. That's my political fantasy. I, I got to admit, I'm a little nervous about watching it play out in some ways, mm. but we'll that see. is my fantasy. So, uh, the good folks at at Reason dot com doing a great job of detailing this brave law enforcement sting. In uh, Hillsborough County, Florida, they arrested 118 people for performing unlicensed contracting work or agreeing to perform such unholy work. These 118 con men and women were posing as contractors and preying on innocent homeowners in Hillsborough County who are just looking to repair or improve their home, said the local sheriff. The mugshots of those despicable criminals picked up in the sweeps were displayed behind the sheriff in big posters. Let's dig down just a little bit into this, shall we? Keeping in mind that a lot of licensing is not to protect you or build a utopia. It's so the government gets money. If the government gets in the middle of every transaction, they get money. And many regulations are to protect existing businesses from competition. They bribe their their uh, legislature, whatever, and they pass barriers to entry for their profession. It's like you got to take six months of classes to braid hair, which is absolutely laughable. But listen to what what they actually did. This brave sting operation. Frequently, 
the officers, because this was an undercover sting thing, they would hire a handyman to perform work that doesn't need a license, lure them in, and then during the course of the job, ask them to do something that does require a license, like unhooking a toilet. Are you freaking kidding me? I can do that in 10 minutes with one eye closed. You have to have a license to do that? Or laying some tiles. The government needs to license you to lay tiles. Then when the handyman says no, the brave cops are not satisfied, Jack. Then the undercover detective moves the conversation to something else. Say, do you watch the Super Bowl? That was exciting, wasn't it? So, uh, listen, would you be willing to paint a little bit? By the time the handyman gets there, they've said, yeah, I paint a little if you'd like me to as long as I'm there. Then, bam, the cops go on. And the dangerous, dangerous criminal is swept off the streets for agreeing to perform that unlicensed work. Boy, this is doubly maddening in that you shouldn't have to have a government permit and the money and some money grabbed to start with. Paint? And we taxpayers are paying for this sting operation that right, cost a bunch right. of money to and, and not getting actual criminals. Yeah, Don't congratulations sh- to Hills- Hillsborough County for eliminating all crime and getting down to something ridiculous and idiotic as this. Well done. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In a little bit, we dip back into the what's dangerous and what's not list as we found out that pizza injured 7,000 people in some well, pizza related injuries are in general are skyrocketing. Oh, yeah, they're up, they're up, the, 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 like they're up 50% in two years. But that, I came across the government list of all your injuries out there. What's going to injure you, put you in the emergency room, or kill you? We will return to that in moments. Yeah. Uh, first of all, though, we are discussing the brave, brave sting operation in, uh, in beautiful Hillsborough County, Florida, where they entrapped a bunch of unlicensed contractors, talked them into doing stuff you need a license for, and then arrested them for it. I believe we have tape of the brave undercover operation. Stop the hammering! Stop <laughs> the hammering! Stop the hammering! This <laughs> stupid hammering. I like that a lot. You know what, Michael? You're right. That was worth doing. Ridiculous, <laughs> but worth doing. And we ran out of time because we're bad at time management. But I did want to make the greater point, and, and those longtime listeners of the Armstrong and Getty Show have heard us talking to Tim Sandifer about this, and his book, Permission Society, is a great read. The government has confiscated our rights, and they're selling them back to us. Now... Should there be licensing, whether public or private, perhaps a licensing agency or or a company like Underwriters Laboratory used to be for certain trades and things? We can debate that. We can talk about that. But the whole you need a you need a permit to do this, that and the other from the government. Some bureaucrat needs to show up and permit you to swap out your dishwasher, unhook your toilet, you know, fix paint. The government needs to permit me to paint my home? That's absurd. So never use the word permit as a noun without contemplating the fact that it's also a verb. The government is charging you money to permit you to do what you ought to be able to do as a free person anyway. Don't put up with it. How's your enslaved utopia coming along? Fight it, my friends. 
So the numbers are kind of in. It doesn't matter anymore. The Democratic Party in Iowa says Mayor Pete won. Bernie says he won because he got the most votes. The National Democratic Party says you can't trust any of the numbers because they did such a terrible job of keeping track of it. And that's what the New York Times and NBC News says based on their research. It's just such a mess. Well, and there are those who believe the National Democrats are thrilled that it's that cloudy. Other, other than that, the old man might be uh, triumphant. Could be. And currently, Pete and Bernie are tied for New Hampshire, which is Monday, and there's a debate tonight. So that's everything you need to know about that. If you're into it, like me, you might watch the debate. Why am I actually looking forward to this debate? I don't know why. It's got to... I keep thinking this, and I keep getting fooled. I keep thinking they've got to get into it. How do you not... How does... If Biden doesn't come out swinging tonight... With his chain. Then good, <laughs> But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Swinging his apology chain. Yes. Then, then literally, good night on ever being president. Right. It, it just You're not going to ever run again. You probably right. shouldn't have run this time. You're never going to run again. <laughs> this is your third time of running. If you're not going to really go after Pete and Bernie and why they shouldn't be president tonight, why'd you even run? Yeah. One of the best, so we'll smartest see. political commentators in America, Lon He Chen, is going to chat with us in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. Uh, listen, this was mostly unreported because I don't think the mainstream media wants to encourage it. But do you remember the story at Iowa where the precinct captains, the app wasn't working, right. the app designed by the Democratic National Committee? And so they would, well, the backup was they would pick up the phone and call the results in. They couldn't get through. Well, that's because the uh, the scoundrels uh, at 4chan um, uh, were uh, in intentionally clogging the lines oh, really? by uh, calling over and over and over again wow. so, uh, through manual and technical means. How do we feel about that? It's uh, scoundrelly. It's roguish. It's also something that's the most obvious thing you can think of. If you're tweeting out things that include the phone numbers of the call line you're supposed to call to report the results, that's going to happen. In a troll world. Yeah. There's no way to stop that from happening. Yeah. If Once the number is out there... The Democratic Party is living in a whole foods world when the country's still a Campbell's soup. You can't kitchen? run a whole foods race, and oh. what I insist is still a Campbell's soup nation. There That's a good go. point, Brian. Well, if the Russians <laughs> did that, we'd be outraged, right? If the Russians had uh, tied up the line so democracy can't flourish. <laughs> Design a better app. But yes, having accepted your premise, yes, that would be bad. Now, I heard now, who knows what's true or not, but I heard somebody say two-thirds of the precinct captains hadn't downloaded the app as of the morning of the the caucus. What, I said, you're kidding me. When were you planning to do that? Or what's your experience with downloading complicated apps? They don't always... They don't always work exactly well, and, the way you want. Well, right. You have to run through them once or twice to understand, you know, where's the menu? Where is the menu? It's the little lines in the top left. How do oh. I go back one page? Where is that button? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you got to run through it a couple of times. But anyway. It's, it was much more entertaining, though, than if it had gone smoothly, so I'm not unhappy about it. <laughs> do we have time for this? Uh, what time do we need to break? I want to have plenty of time for Lonnie. I will give you 90 seconds. Begin. 90 seconds? Begin. I was looking at the N-E-I-S-S data. That took like 10 of the seconds, all those letters. That's how people get hurt in various ways. Chainsaws. You'd think a lot of people get hurt Oof. with chainsaws. There are 29,000 people got hurt last year. Yeah. But of people that had to go to the ER or died, only 1,500. As huh. opposed to hand garden tools, where... Three times that many people went to the ER or died. What? I think there are a lot of people who are unwilling to use a chainsaw because it's so clearly dangerous. And as a guy who spent a lot of time chainsawing, 
you don't use it casually, or most people don't. Batteries sent 2,000 people to the ER or died. This one confuses me. I don't know how you... What you Bunch do, of battery you, chuckers. <laughs> dropped it on your head or... What kind of battery? Swallowing small batteries. A little kid swallowing it would be on that uh, list, right? That's what that I is. I wonder. Dropping a car is. battery on your foot? That's the only other example. Yes. I and, and, and Raiders fans chucking them. Some of these you have to think kids, <laughs> I, I guess. I kid, Raider Nation. I car- kid. Carpets and rugs. 209,000 injuries last year. Oh, I know what that is. You, you, you shuffle your feet along. You go around. You shock your buddy. And you, it's too much. And he punches you in the face. You didn't like being shocked. The winter time, you lean in for a kiss with your wife, and bam, on the lips. Oh, I hate that. That's the worst thing. <laughs> they do break it down by age, so I suppose I could tease out the kid stuff, because the kid stuff, obviously, not in the least bit uh, worth mocking or making oh, no, fun no, of in no, any no, way whatsoever. I wonder if that's what happens with mirrors and mirror glass. 1,100 people either died or went to the ER. Tables hurt a lot of people. Fences. Glass doors. You know what that is? Walking right into it. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of people walking right into it. That's stupid. I've only done that 30 times. God. I worked at a radio station that had a glass booth and a glass door on it. And, like, you'd run to the bathroom and you'd be coming back. Wham! You'd go right into the door. Because <laughs> oh, you'd left it open, but the next person closed it. <laughs> that happened all the time. It was so freaking funny. I did that in front of a huge crowd of people. As I think an 18-year-old in Chicago, I was at Sears Tower. We were going to go up to the, the top floor of the observation deck. And the entire lobby to the elevators is glass. Glass doors, glass walls, glass open. Well, not glass openings that are indistinguishable. I was talking to somebody. And uh, yeah, I tell you what, I'm excited to get a bam right into the glass <laughs> right in front of a bunch of people. I think there was chuckling. It was hard to say because my head was going wrong, wrong, wrong. What did you say? Uh, did, I don't, you, did you try to recover in any I'm way? I'm sure I did. But I don't recall I did specifically. That on purpose. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who put that there? Who put that there? You, uh, you <laughs> beat me to it. Yeah. Lon He Chen, one of the best political commentators around, and there was a lot of politics this week coming up. Yeah. Oh, I'm reminded that uh, I, I saw something online the other day that uh, was very much my reality at home. Um, it said, my, uh, my sliding door isn't dirty, it's my dog's nose art. Huh? See, it's Im- <laughs> it is impossible to walk oh, into my glass oh, door yeah. at this point. Oh, me too. As Baxter has thoroughly uh, painted it. Practically opaque. Yeah, yeah. Lon Hee Chen in moments. Wisdom. Next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sorry, wondering what will we talk to Lon Chen about that's not the same tired conversation you've heard 50 times, if you pay attention to this sort of stuff at all. Wanted to mention the uh, Gallup poll is out with a record high. In the last 40 years of asking this question, they've never had a higher number. 90% of Americans are satisfied with their personal life, and a record high two-thirds are very satisfied. How in the heck did the Democrats go on the stage tonight and try to convince you you're all miserable and you got to change the direction of the country when you got a record high satisfaction? Why don't we start there with Lon He Chen, David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, and host of the podcast, Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Lon He, how are you, sir? I am fine. How are you guys? Excellent. So let's talk about the party out of power that needs to create a, a narrative of misery. A little challenging right now. 
Yeah, it, it is challenging, you know, because and, and we've got these weird sort of different cross currents going on. The economy is doing well. I think people feel pretty good about their personal situation. But but I think people in general still feel like our politics are on the wrong track. And so what do you it, think it, causes it, that when you got the president not shaking hands with the speaker and then the speaker tearing yeah. up the speech and all that sort of <laughs> stuff? You think maybe that has something to do with yeah, I, I, I do. I think people look at that and they're just sick of it. They're sick of the typical politics. They're sick of the typical stuff they're seeing in Washington. And I, I don't know. You know, the, the challenge here is I think they're more inclined to blame the party out of power. In other words, the Democrats, and they are to blame the Republicans. I mean, I, I just think that that has to do with the fact that they approve of the president's management of the economy. They think things are going pretty well overall. I don't know if you guys saw the economy added 225,000 jobs in January. Yeah. That's a big number. Uh, so that means the labor market is still pretty good. So it, it, it's a weird confluence of different things. I agree with you guys. People feel pretty good about things, yet I don't think they're satisfied. I think there's still a certain amount of discomfort amongst people. Uh, with your permission, I just want to bop from topic to topic. I, I saw, uh, again, uh, one of those uh, hypothetical polls how the president would do against, you know, Bernie and then Liz Warren. And uh, what's wrong with looking at a poll like that, uh, uh, you know, many months out from an election? Is it even worth glancing at that? I, I wouldn't at this point for two reasons. One, people's impressions of the Democrats are still relatively unformed. I know people who are political junkies are following this and the race, you know, closely and they know the ins and outs. But as a general matter, the American people are just not focused in yet on who these Democrats are and what the differences are. That's the first thing. The second reason... Yeah, to interrupt just just on that first point, and then you you go to the next point. I saw, I don't remember what the number was, but the name recognition on Mayor Pete, I was shocked at how low it is nationally. Right. People still don't even know who he is. But there are still big undecided numbers in New Hampshire, for goodness sakes, where they're just up to their ears in it. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, go on, Lonnie. Sorry. No, no. So, so no, I, I think that's absolutely right. You know, people just don't really have a great sense of who these candidates are and what they want to do. And they may know generally that there's this discussion about socialism versus capitalism, but they, they, they don't necessarily focus in. The other thing I was going to say is, you know, so many things are going to change between now and when voters are actually casting their ballots in November that it, it's really hard to say, well, you know, looks like Biden would do well against Trump, looks like Buttigieg would do well against Trump. I mean, we just don't know, because, you know, if you think back to the 2016 election, the stuff that was being talked about in February was completely different from the stuff that was being talked about in September, October and November. So I really take, you know, I know why they do it. They do it because, you know, they want to give the news media something interesting to talk about. But in terms of predictive power, in terms of helping us understand where the race is, I don't, I don't think it has a whole lot of uh, of, uh, of import, and I wouldn't put a whole lot of uh, uh, weight behind it at this point. Boy, I wonder if it's a Bernie-Pete race at this point. So one of your big polls in the Northeast, the Daily Tracking poll, had Pete up 12 points since Monday, Biden down, I think, 7. So Bernie and uh, Mayor Pete tied. That's going to turn into a really interesting race if that's the case. Yeah, it feels to me, it does feel to me like there is some consolidation coming around Pete Buttigieg. In other words, I think some of that moderate vote is leaving Biden, leaving Klobuchar to the extent it was ever with her, and going to Buttigieg, which means what you've got is Pete Buttigieg carrying this sort of moderate flag. And and I think Bernie's taking share away from Elizabeth Warren, which if Elizabeth Warren cannot crack the top two in New Hampshire, her campaign may be done. 
I just don't see how she, she's from Massachusetts, the next state over. If she cannot do well in New Hampshire, I think she's going to have real problems. And then the interesting dynamic, the only other thing I'll say is we've got to keep an eye on Mayor Bloomberg, on, on Mike Bloomberg. Because the guy's spending a ton of money. You're seeing his numbers come up in national polling. And he is waiting to pounce on Super Tuesday. And at the end of the day, I, I love the momentum game everyone plays. But the Democratic electorate, that the Democratic nomination is about delegates. And if Mike Bloomberg can collect a bunch of delegates on Super Tuesday, he's going to be a huge factor. God, and what does that do to American politics if a billionaire skips all the first contests, comes in, spends a gazillion dollars that nobody else could ever raise, and, and it manages to win? God, what would that do to our politics? It'd be something. Well, yeah, it'd be entertaining going forward. Lon He Chan is on the line. David and Diane Steffi, research fellow at the Hoover Institution, director of domestic policy studies at Stanford. So a quick observation then on other things that Mayor Pete, I mean, the, the, the field was lousy with known political names and they're dropping away and this unknown, uh, is, is surging forward. That's, it, it reminds me of Trump a little bit, just going for the outsider, which leads me to this question. Where are America's smart, effective governors running for president? Well, yeah, it's a great question. So I, I think on the Democratic side, you had a number of governors that got elected in 2018 uh, who, you know, for example, this uh, the woman who gave the State of the Union response, the governor of Michigan, who succeeded Rick Snyder there in, in Michigan. She's a Democrat. She'd be an example of someone who I think would be a credible candidate. I, I think the answer is, I mean, some of the people looked at this race and they thought, you know what, it's still hard to beat an incumbent president. Maybe I keep my powder dry until the next opportunity. Yeah. And I, I, but, but, but I think you're right. You know, we used to be really, we used to be a country that really valued governors. I mean, if you think about George W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, I mean, Bill Clinton, all these guys were governors, right? And then at some point, you know, Barack Obama came and, and smashed the notion that senators couldn't be presidents. And then you had Trump, who was a complete outsider. I think the observation that was made is absolutely right. The Democrats, probably need an outsider in this cycle to contend with Trump. They're not going to beat Trump with an insider. And I think that is why you're seeing Biden struggle so much, because uh, Biden is the consummate insider. And I, that's the problem. For sorry, I saw you on MSNBC the other day. They were high on Michael Avenatti for a while. Is, uh, is he got a chance? <laughs> I kid. Hey, do you ever go to CPAC? Oh, CPAC's yeah. coming up. Do you ever go to that? Uh, yeah, I've been to CPAC a couple of times. I actually spoke at CPAC last year. We had a... Um, CPAC satellite site down at Pepperdine University at Malibu, where we actually broadcast our session from Malibu into the main CPAC hall in Washington. It was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, it, it's, 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 it's got a little bit of a Star Wars bar feel. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, so all the, that's where all the conservatives get together and they have it. Well, this was just announced. A play based on texts between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page will be performed at <laughs> CPAC this year. That sounds about right. All <laughs> <laughs> <about> right. <laughs> That <laughs> sounds about right. Lonnie Chan of the Hoover Institution, Stanford University. It's always uh, it's always big fun to talk, Lonnie. Thanks for the insights. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend, Dave. Thank you. You too. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where uh, seriously? I was a talker for Walker back in 2016, uh, famously. Um, how can it possibly be? We have Jack, according to a recent count, 50 states in this country each of them with a governor, you would think there would be two Republicans and two 
Democrats that would be smart and effective and impressive enough that they would be credible uh, candidates for president. Governor, my A, if Mayor Pete gets the nomination, anybody, well, anybody who's ever wanted to be president's going to run next time. You yeah. thought there were a lot of people running this time. It's going to be like a libertarian party where they have, nobody can even count how many candidates they have. If the mayor of a town of 100,000 people have. can be pre- president, if you, if you run mm-hmm. a medium-sized business anywhere in America... Or you're in politics at any level, and you've ever wanted to be president, you got to at least take a look at it, Mm -hmm. as far as Mayor Pete has gotten. Listen, uh, my my distrust of Mayor Pete has a couple of uh, facets to it. Number one, he will put on whatever ideology seems to be working. That just makes him a politician. I'd like to look back at his career. I mean, he is so young. He's done several things. Certainly his his service in the uh, reserves. Well, it helps you. It does help you stay. Because I was just thinking, it, it, not everybody's a Rhodes Scholar. Not everybody goes to Oxford. Not right. everybody serves in a war zone. That, yeah. that helped. But he's very bright and he's very verbal. But has he seen things through? Has he triumphed? Has he accomplished that's not clear to me, because he's dabbled in several several different things. But we'll get to plenty of vetting time in the days and weeks to come, whether you like it or not. No doubt about that. Armstrong and Getty.